Welcome to the Wilds Cast. Today, Rabbi Wilds speaks with world-renowned Jewish comedian Modi. We hope you enjoy the conversation as much as we did. Okay, we are live. Thank you for joining us, Modi. How are you? I'm good, thank God. It's such an honor and a pleasure to have you. Really, uh, such a zuchut for us. Uh, do you remember when you performed with MGE a couple of years ago? Do you remember that big night? I, it was upstairs, all the way upstairs, right? It was a uh, <laughs> it was a fun evening, yeah. It was the 10th floor. You were awesome. Right, the 10th floor of that synagogue, yeah. The Jewish Center, exactly. Well, I want to thank our good friend Alan Zeitlin for uh, bringing us together and helping to arrange this. Um, I'm a huge lover of comedy, and uh, there are comedians who make you laugh a little, and then there's Modi, who makes you laugh a lot. I really find you hysterical, and I can tell all of you, our listeners, thank you all for joining into the Wildcast um, with our very wonderful guest today, Modi, the uh, comedian. And I can tell you firsthand that uh, you tore the house down at MGE, probably about five years ago when you performed. Uh, and I just want to tell everyone that you can check out Modi Rosenfeld's virtual comedy show uh, this Thursday night at 6 p.m., uh, no, it's actually it's at 9 p.m. 6 p.m. is because oh, really? it's, uh, the company RushTix, which is the, the platform it's on, they're in L.A. So it's uh, L.A., but New York time. I would never do anything for New York time that's on 6 p.m. Nobody would watch it. It's on RushTix, um, R-U-S-H-T-I-X. Yes, I have it right here. R-U-S-H-T-I-X. RushTix.com. Yeah, it's a virtual show. And uh, they're still going on since, I mean, the, com the comedy's been up. Uh, I've been doing shows at Stand Up New York, at uh, mm. different private events, different organizations. Passover program was, uh, were, were, were hot this year. But uh, they're still, I, I, don't, I don't think the virtual stuff is going away so fast. Interesting. So tell, what's it like finally being able to perform in clubs again? I mean, it's fun. It's uh, it really gives you hope. It like it, it shows you that, that the world's coming back. The comedy clubs are open. They're even though fifty percent, but they're still. It's um, it just gives you hope. It lets you know that the the, the end is in sight to this craziness. Are you there? It's like you froze a little bit. Let me just make sure. Can you hear me? Okay. I hear you great. Okay, Modi, tell us where you're from. Give us a little of your background, and um, you know what what inspired you to become a comedian. Uh, me, I um, I'm born in Israel. Came here when I was seven years old. lived in We uh, lived in the five towns, and then um, I went to school in Boston University. Then I went and I worked at um, investment banking from Merrill Lynch where I used to imitate, imitate all the secretaries. And my friend said, you should be doing this on stage. And then I, he set me up on a night to do stand-up New York, at, at stand-up New York, to do my first comedy uh, set. I had no, I had no desire to be a, a comic, um, but it went so well. And the owner back then said, you should come back and do it again. And since then, it became a, uh, it became my, my thing. It was, it's what, 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 what I do. And eventually that's, I left investment banking to do comedy full time. So that's fascinating. Um, so you didn't, you didn't have this like dream and this vision. I want to be this great com Jewish committee, the next Jackie Mason, whatever, whoever you're looking up to. This is something that just of sort of, and you were in investment banking, like a nice Jewish boy. Yeah, I was, uh, I, I'd never even thought of, my first time at a comedy club was the first time I, I was going to go on. Really? So, yeah. What was that? What was that like? Just for the it was, first uh, time. you know, there was no pressure because I didn't care. <laughs> I, I was doing it for, I was doing it as a favor, as a favor to a friend. So that was um, how that began. So it was a while back. And yeah. do, you, do you still get, do you get butterflies in your stomach ever before you go on and perform? No. The only things that makes you nervous is when you're, um, is it the sound and the lighting and all of that kind of stuff, or if they have food out, you know, because, Doing like the Jewish events and things of that sort, you, there's always food, but that gets in the way. That that's what makes uh, that's what makes me nervous. The the performance itself does not, but the the setup, the sound. Is it a good sound system? Did they have it? Do they have me in the right slot uh, for, for for doing it? Are people mm -hmm. in the right focus? Is the room set up properly? Um, that's what makes me 
a little nervous, but the comedy stuff is not does not make me um, nervous. That's interesting. I have uh, I'm I'm a little the same way. <laughs> I fret over those little details. If I'm performing a wedding or I'm giving a sermon or drush on Shabbat, I'm also like, is there a lot of noise? Is some kid mushing around the plastic bag? Those right. little, those little, you know. Wh when did you think you had enough of the goods to be a great comedian to leave, you know, to leave the world of finance? It was a uh, slow. Um, I was trying to leave for a while, and they kept keeping me in. And then I finally uh, was able to just, I broke off because I wanted to go. Uh, I had a whole bunch of shows lined up and I wanted to do them. And then, mm -hmm. um, you know, you take that leap of faith and you leave uh, the world of uh, your comfort and uh, finance. And, all, and it was the best thing I ever did. Wow. Yeah. And, and, and did you ever make a conscious decision not to resort to foul language? I mean, I watch a lot of comedians. I, I love comedy. I, 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 it's my breaks from my work. I put on, and it's just hard finding good comedians who don't, you know, every third word is a four-letter word. Was that a, like an intentional decision, or you just never felt you needed to resort to that? Is it a Jewish thing? You know, I, I was doing comedy. I was at the comedy clubs where you almost uh, expected to curse, but I was also performing a lot for. Um, at Jewish events, so right, 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 right away, I went from the, um, I did the, you know, the comedy clubs, and then at the same time, doing Jewish events. Um, and when you're standing at a Jewish event and people are sitting there, and you know that they don't want to hear it, why, why would you do it? Right, right. And um, and I didn't, I never needed it. I, I really just didn't, um, I just didn't um, resort to using those four letter words. It just, it wasn't, you know. Yeah. It's amazing. I, I think that's a, uh, it, it's, this is a compliment to you, Modi, because, um, you know, e even if it wasn't for moral reasons, but you didn't feel you needed it, that shows something about the substance of what you're delivering, you know, because it's, I, I think it's a little of a crutch. You know, tell me, what, what, what comedians were your role models growing up? Who did you look up to? Uh, old school comedians. I used to love watching anything Alan King did. I don't know if you ever heard of him. Yeah, of course I know Alan King. Sure. I loved his uh, comedic timing. His timing was amazing. The way right. he told the story. Um, I love uh, George Carlin. Oh, great. Yeah. The, uh, one of my, the greats. Um, and I love, um, obviously in, in a different genre of uh, more like the insult com comedy, um, Don Rickles. Yeah. But basically, those old guys, I used to, uh, before YouTube, I used to go to the um, Museum of Television and Film, uh, Television and Film, and watch clips. But back mm -hmm. then, there was no YouTube, so I'd have to go slot a time and go and watch their clips on that. And it was amazing. It was um, it just to the timing of how to, uh, to set the joke up, they were great to watch. And, and was there any kind of, um, you know, there's this beautiful passage in the Talmud. I don't know if you're familiar with it. You, you, as a comedian, you should be aware of it. I can find you the, the actual page, but it's got two great rabbis walking in the shuk in the marketplace, and one turns to the other and says that that person over there is a ben olam haba, is a person who is for sure going to get into the world to come. Do you know this? And they want, and he asks the other one, "What does he do? Right? What does I he mean, do?" This is the Every time I do a really re religious event, this is what they introduce me. With. Oh, is this? <laughs> I know you. In your mind, you thought you were gonna blow my brain out. Oh, I'm gonna tell Modi about this. That uh, I actually I have it printed on my wall. To be honest with you. So. Okay. Exactly. All right. So at least for the sake of two or three of our viewers who don't know this passage in the Gemara, it, 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 the the other rabbi turns to the one who who points to this random person and says, "He's a court jester. He's he's um he's a comedian. He makes people laugh." Do you feel? I mean, does that motivate you? Is it just an ego thing? I, I want to get into a little of the kishkas psychologically. First of all, it's not you, you have it backwards. There were two comedians there and one rabbi. <laughs> and Eliyahu Hanavi was in uh, was in the shukra. And uh and they asked uh who here has uh the world to come? And he said, There's two guys over there. And he went to ask them, What do you do? And he they said, Right, Anu Anshe Bediche, we are men of Bediche <laughs> jokes. Right. Uh, Inami, and we make people happy, and we also people who, when there's a feud through comedy, we make things um, 
you know, we bring peace to it. And so, I mean, I don't, I, I'm not banking on this stuff. It's nice to know that it's in the background. It's in the deposit box, <laughs> but um, I still have to go make a living and do events. And, um, but it's, uh, I, it, it definitely, it's inspiring to know that. It's inspiring to know that, but does it have anything to do with keeps you in the game? Yeah, you know, um, it's definitely a calling. It's definitely a calling, and um, I feel it's uh, – I'm helping people, especially during the pandemic. I mean, when I began to do shows on online and um, and do the Instagram stuff, and um, I uh, I saw that people were – was helping people do they're, they're letting me know because you know i'd never been that much on social media i was a mm-hmm. i was a performing comedian you know i wasn't like just podcasting and all of that stuff and then i began to do all that and um and that's when um you know you really see the, that it makes a difference 100 percent. yeah i mean listen i saw you on a couple of also uh private family you know smachot happy occasions I mean, was it tough to make jo- jokes online when when people were, you know, like in the midst in the thick of COVID, when so many people were dying? And that that was the easiest time because they mm-hmm. were, you know, they were focused on them. They, they were home, they were watching their computers, they were looking for a, um, they were looking for uh, uh, an escape from from the all the the stuff that was happening, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. People wanted to 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 find something to talk about, except besides the the corona. So, right. But could you make jokes about? Did you make? I mean, yeah, I part? did. I still do. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I, there is. Is there anywhere you won't go? Is there like some taboo, something you've been? I don't know. Boot off stage. You think you're going to get canceled? I, I don't know. I'm just curious. Is there any, or is it just because it's, it's not the topic? It's the way you approach it. So right. it's. Um, you have to approach it in the right way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so th- there really isn't a topic I won't, you know, <clears throat> so, so as long as I can make a joke out of it. Yeah. Right, right. Is there anything in particular you can comes to mind? Something that's like, you know, because we're living in a, cu- in a culture today where, you know, we can't just, we can't talk about certain things. Obviously, I have the same thing when I prepare dr- a drusha, a sermon, whatever it is, I have to, I want to touch on touchy subjects. But it has to be done in the right way. Is there what? What is the right way for a comedian? Well, it has to be funny. You obviously can't you can't show one sidedness to it. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't know. As a rabbi, what what topic do you want to talk about? That you that you what what oh what's, what are you trying to talk about? What, what's your? I mean, I have to stay away from politics. I, that's what I, I I would imagine. That's such a huge part of your routine. You know, um, I it actually isn't. I actually don't do politics because no. a it's it's fleeting. It's uh, whatever the situation is fleeting. If there's a joke somewhere here and there, yes, I'll hit it. Uh, usually, I'm in the middle. <clears throat> it shows me uh, I don't take one side. I'm not like right. pro this or pro that. Uh, just that that happened. Let's joke about that. Um, I, I don't push the politics on it, but um, well, but you say you're not into politics, but don't you have this character near or or Leoli who's running for president? Yeah, that's his own politics. It's not Trump or Biden or anybody uh-huh. else. He's mm-hmm. his own. He's in his own world. Uh-huh. He didn't. He wasn't pro anybody else. He was in his own <laughs> world. He was uh, right. Why would it had nothing to do with? with had nothing to do with politics, if you think about it. Right. It was just, um, it was a guy that was just saying, just be, be happy with, 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 with whatever you do. So, you know, it, I, I never was pro-Trump or pro-Biden on any of those things. Right. H- have you gotten any flack for for that character, for Yoli? Maybe nothing tell but, Maybe tell Nothing but love and happiness I got for that character. Everybody yes. loved it. Everybody enjoyed it. Um, obviously, you get crazy people, like they have to... People just need to give you their um, their input on it. What's right. amazing about social media is, you know, before I, I was really on all the Twitters and all that, I would always hear about people fighting with other people on Twitter. They're having a Twitter war. They're going back and forth. There is this button called delete or block. <laughs> I think it is the most, it's the best invention we have in this century. Someone says, 
I don't know why you'd say this and this, and I block and delete. And thank you very much for shopping with us and Zygazint. <laughs> what, what, you also speak a lot about uh, the differences between Ashkenazim and Sephardim. Can you re- remind us again a little uh, what, what, what difference and are you, what, what's your background? Uh, I'm Ashkenazi, 100%. Mm-hmm. Actually, 99.3%. I did uh, the 23 in me, so... <laughs> Uh-huh. I'm 99.3% Ashkenazi <laughs> Jewish. Okay, okay. Um, but I, I mean, I have it's a routine, and every time I keep adding to it, I find something, you know, I find different um, elements that, that, that people know, you know, broad things, broad things, not specific things that, um, you know, that aren't funny. And so I, I, uh, I, I do that, and people enjoy it, and it's... Um, it's it's a it actually unites people rather than makes even though we're talking about a difference it, it unites them. Well, you know, I was thinking about you because I just finished watching a season three of Shtisel, and there's this great line. Well, I don't even know if it was done intentionally. You know, the two. Did you watch Shtisel? Do you know? No. You know but, show? So they got these two older brothers. They're both Hasidic guys. One of the things you were joking about is the difference between the way Spartan and Ashkenazim make blessings. You just share that with everyone quickly. Do you mind? And then I'll share it with you. I, I don't usually do my act on, on these podcasts. <laughs> okay. I, I have an act. Okay. That's a podcast. Okay. Podcasts are for talking. So that's fine. So you, one of the jokes you made was about how when a Sephardic rabbi gets called up to the chuppah and, and he does the bracha, and he does a whole thing, even before he gets to the blessing, and then the blessing takes 10 minutes, and then the Ashkenazic So on Shtisel, they had, and one of my students pointed it out, one of the Hasidic guys, he takes a cup of water, he takes it and he says, Bidvaro, and he drinks it. He didn't even bother. He just went right to the last word, Bidvaro. Right. I do that on stage sometimes for North. I just pick up the bottle. Before they get a sip of the bottle, I just go Shahakol. I've been doing that for years. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. I thought about you because they, I don't know if that was done on purpose or not. Um, You've got a little uh, comedic uh, chemistry with our friend Elon Gold there. What, what's that about? Oh, he's, uh, he's my buddy. He's, uh, he's a very close friend. He lives in LA. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. we've done we were doing a lot of shows together before the pandemic. We were uh, performing a lot together, and then he was out there. Then we both started doing online stuff, and um, and uh, he has the, the the show The Bucher, something like the mm-hmm. he has, and uh, and I do whatever I do, and. Uh, but he's, uh, he's a very close friend of mine, and we always talk about different material and different uh, shows and different gigs. He's, uh, he's a close friend. Yeah, he's very talented. He also performed at MG many, many years ago. I think he's incredible. That's nice. Um, uh, people annoy you after your shows, try to impress you with uh, their own jokes, you know? Uh, it, once in a while, people come over. Once in a while, they give me a joke that's a killer. It's almost worth sifting through the garbage to when that one guy gives you an amazing line right. or some, uh, and it's usually a throwaway. They're like, you know, I don't know if you want to do this, but so it's. Uh, I never, uh, I never turn somebody away when they're when, when they're in the middle of. Sometimes someone just grabs you and has like a nine-hour joke. You have to say, look, I can't. But, I have a uh, wife and a family. Right. 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 Yeah, that's cool. Um, I also see here in your bio that you were on HBO's Crashing. Um, what was that like? Um, fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was. It's a show about a comedian that is um, that is uh, um, trying to make it at the Comedy Cellar, which is you know the, the number one club in the city. And um, it, the episodes are fun episodes of him doing a synagogue gig, and he and I were doing it together, and. Um, we uh we it was it was just it was fun it was fun to play myself <laughs> you know i wasn't playing a character and um and it was just a blast and it got it was i don't know it was fun i just saw i was a flying from um i was flying home from chicago i think and it was it was one of the episodes on the um on the what you can watch on on the tv so that was actually oh, fun. yeah right that's great yeah <laughs> And what is the um, – uh, you have uh, – you, you seem to have a good – I remember when you performed at MG, you had this, like, solid voice. Um, you know, Jackie Mason, I used to listen to him when I was a kid in the Borscht Belt. So, you know, he also – I don't know if he was a chazin or his, 
You had a lot of family members that were rabbis. Do you have that in your family at all? Any other performers, so to speak, within the Jewish world? Not really, no. Um, my, 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 my father has a very good sense of humor, uh-huh. but um, he's not a performer. And the Chazana stuff, I just very much enjoy cantorial singing. And I, I actually had a scholarship to the Bell School of Music oh, sure. at Yeshiva University after, after I finished BU. So mm-hmm. I took advantage of it and I learned the Nusach and le- a little bit of singing and some training. And so it's more of a hobby that I do. And I, you know, in my, in my synagogue, um, up to last year, I did the uh, Kol Nidris services oh. at the Sixth Street Synagogue. Yeah. Oh, that's, is that where you go? Yep. Oh, that's beautiful. I know your rabbi. He's awesome. Bellino is amazing. It's, yeah, he, uh, it's one of the, it's, it's on sixth street between first and second. Yeah. It is on fire. It's a, it's a young, cool place. Um, super orthodox, but super open to anybody that, that, yeah. that comes by. It was very cool. We actually, um, we got some funding years ago. We have MGS three sites in Manhattan, upper West, upper East and Murray Hill. We got some funding to do some programming in East Village, and we did it out of the Sixth Street Shul before Rabbi Bellino was the rabbi. Okay. They always have interesting rabbis there. He played the flute. He was a klezmer. Oh, um, wild, you know, not wild. Good guy. I forgot, I really forgot. good guy yeah, also. Yeah, yeah but well, we Bellino's did. been there for a long time now, and it's right. really he really redid the, the physically and uh, spiritually, oh, wow. and also the people that are coming in now, it's like the coolest place in the lower, in the downtown. Oh, that's interesting. Friday nights, it's packed full of all the students and all the the young people that live in the area, and it's just mm-hmm. a blast over there. Oh, that's awesome. That's so nice yeah. to hear. That has a lot of history, that place. Um, wow, that a, yeah, that was, a lot. That was a church, the whole boat thing. Oh, the yeah. Boat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Wow, that's amazing. Anytime you want to join in, jump in. We're doing this new format now. Our good friend Alan Zeitlin came up with this format. I'm going to ask the, my guests some questions. The guests can ask me some questions. So feel free if you want to jump in. Um, to, to, to ask you questions. What questions do you want me to ask you? Well, they're on the sheet, actually. Oh, they're on the sheet. Okay. <laughs> is, it, is one of them, is that the entire art scroll collection behind you? Is that one of the questions? <laughs> it's not. Um, I can go it's through not. my library if you want. I think that would Hold be on, very informative. You sent the questions. Let's see if I fucking find them. Oh, we just finished saying you don't use those words. <laughs> what? Nothing. I'm just kidding. What? What words? Nothing. You were looking. You were looking for the sheet. What, what I said. Let me see if I can find them. Oh, it sounded like something else. I apologize. Here we go. So, Rabbi Wild, I hear you made over three hundred and thirty marriages through MJE. Have any gone bad? And one of them asked for their money back. Okay, Modi, you're that? supposed to ask these questions as though you care about the answer and that you wrote them. I need you need a little coaching here. Need a little coaching. Okay. Yeah. I just figured, yeah, that's why, I, I, I mean, just I just go for, for the natural. I don't know go with what people send me. Um, You're well, on top of that. So where, where, where where's MJE? Where, where's so MJE is, we have three sites. The head, uh, I mentioned just a minute ago, West Side, East Side, Downtown. The headquarters is where you performed about five years ago. Uh, we rent the 10th and 11th floors of the Jewish Center, which is a 100-year-old okay. modern Orthodox synagogue on West 86th Street. And uh, right. we're, t- we're 22 years old, and we've got tons of young people coming. Uh, it's for 20s and 30s who don't have as much of a background in Judaism, want to learn more and be part of a community. What if a 40-year-old comes? Uh, we have a very strict screening process. Yeah. It, it, it could... So I guess a 50-year-old has no chance. No, no, no. No. That's very, uh, that's very ageism is that ages we've, we've been accused of being ageist yes that's correct i mean and you, and you, but you're okay with it you've owned up to it you're like I, yeah i'm you, totally comfortable with it being someone who's over 50 myself uh right. i we we um i mean listen we don't kick anyone out but uh the programs are geared for people in their 20s or 30s because we want to create a certain we want to offer the opportunity for young men and women who are making those kind of life decisions who to marry, what kind of lifestyle they want to have. Um, and um, educationally, we have a lot of different ages. You know, I, don't, I never kick anyone out of synagogue to pray or to learn. Um, but when it comes to a retreat, a trip to Israel, a Shabbat dinner, 
it doesn't work for a 25 year old to be sitting with a 60 year old uh, in terms of social interaction. Right. Yeah, I guess you're right. So I hope I've defended my policies properly. I hope so. Either that, you'll get, or you'll get the hashtag cancel. <laughs> you know, the hashtag, the, guy, fact, the one six-year-old that was going to come and write you a big check. And uh, go, no, well, I've a lot of people have said that to me. I shoot myself in the foot. Yeah. But it's not about the money. I didn't go into this for the money. I was also in a different profession. What were you doing before this? I was a lawyer. I, I practice as an attorney. And how'd that go? Good. It went really well until um, I got sucked into um, into this whole world. And at some point, I felt like the Jewish world could probably do without one more lawyer. But maybe if somebody um, was inspiring young people to take their Judaism a little more seriously, I thought that would be worthwhile. So the, MJ was an experiment for the first year or two to see if I could bring out of the woodwork young Jewish men and women that weren't being engaged otherwise. And it just took off. What's, I, I, I was thinking the rabbis, rabbis like you that do these outreach and I mean, what's, what's the goal? Is it the goal to get them to do as many mitzvahs as possible or to what's the, you know, it depends on the per- It's a great question. It depends on the person. Um, for some people, I think it is to do more mitzvot. It's to learn more Torah. It's to come closer to God through the traditional, you know, venue. For other individuals who, who, for whom it's not their path, it's just to engage them Jewishly and get them in a community. We're just losing so many of our brothers and sisters because they're they're just not in the community, and they're they're not necessarily dating outside the Jewish faith because they've rejected Judaism. They philosophically don't agree with any of its tenets. Right, but they just are not in the chevra. They're not in in the community, and they don't. They come once or twice a year, high holidays, maybe the Passover seder, but it's not engaging enough to really stay in the Jewish community. And we're losing a lot of Jews for that reason. So I started the MJE, you know, for two purposes: to inspire people in the ways of Torah and mitzvot, and for some that's really the path, and for others who are maybe not in that place, maybe not yet. Um, you know, the goal is just to 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 keep them in the to keep them to keep them. Yeah, it's, my thing with Judaism, I think it, what whatever you do should be to make you a better person, not so much as to have a notch that you're doing this extra mitzvah from the Torah. So when 100%. you tell a guy, you tell a guy completely religious, wake up in the morning and play with the water. Play three times on each hand. Now you've got that one. Check it off. You can tell your friend, I play with water every morning. You tell them, this helps you connect to a pure part of you. And that might help you be a better person that day. Then, if if you don't, leave the water alone. (laughs) Leave the water alone. Go find something else that helps you you, uh, become a better person. All the mitzvot, all the things that we do, are all things that just help us become better people. If they don't, then it's a horrible thing. If, If you're doing it, just to, to schwitz that you're doing more than I learn daf yomi every single day and you don't. I wake up six in the morning and you don't. Da, da, da. Then the whole thing is lost. The whole thing is hefker. But if you're learning, if you get up every morning to say, okay, this will help me be a better person, then it's, then it's worth yeah. it. Uh, listen, uh, the fact that you're even articulating that demonstrates that we have presented Judaism in an inaccurate way. The whole point of Torah and mitzvot are not for the Torah and the mitzvot themselves. They're just a means towards a greater end of perfecting ourselves, of being better people. Now, we believe we could become better if we get closer to God, but you're right, 100%. It's not about checking something, some list off, I did this, I did that. It's about becoming better, and that's why our job, any really rabbi's job, but our job in particular is to demonstrate the beauty and how these things can actually impact us in a profound manner to, to make us different or else why, why bother? Right. Le- leave the water alone. As you say. Yeah. We play with the water for, if you know, do what you're doing with it. Yeah. That's so, a, you know, it's, a, it's uh, so, I mean, just, it's just, you have to, you're the, the person that said that you're re- reaching for, you just have to find the part of them that wants to be a better person. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, Unfortunately, not enough of our Jewish brothers and sisters have been raised with looking at Judaism as really a path for greater happiness, greater meaning, greater purpose. It is unfortunately 
I don't know who's fun. I want to point fingers, but for whatever reason, it's just seen in a very kind of like, it's tradition. This is what you do. If you're a good Jew, you do A, B, and C. But no one's really taken the time to explain why these things are significant, how these things can impact your life. Um, I'm not here to plug my book, but I wrote a book on this called Beyond the Instant, trying to demonstrate how some of the basic Jewish ideas and practices are designed to get us into a happier, more spiritually oriented place. And I'll tell you, if we don't make the case for Judaism, young Jews are going to look for it elsewhere because everyone's looking for that. You know, and if you maybe they'll find it in literature, maybe they'll find it in music, maybe they'll find it in some other religion. But I do believe that it's one of the reasons I left law to do this, because it was killing me how many young men and women, successful, well-educated professionals just sort of opted out for no other reason than they found zero purpose and meaning in this. So that's really what I've devoted my life to. And, you know, and it, I, I think to a large degree it's working. We have, thank God, I mean, before COVID, we were having, we, you know, you know, thousands, tens of thousands of people have been coming through our doors over the years and a lot of people sticking. That's great. Yeah. And and it's um I love I have to I mean I'll tell you uh, you know you're a proud Jew and I love that you're connected to the 6th Street show cuz I know Rabbi Bellino and I I just they're not enough I I they're just there's so many successful comedians, performers, musicians, artists who are Jewish and I don't think they have necessarily an axe to grind. They're not with Judaism. I don't think they're anti. But they're just so removed that Judaism looks like it's not that attractive. Like, if, if not, then why wouldn't all the Jerry Seinfelds of the world be so connected Jewishly? And he is somewhat connected Jewishly. But, um, but, but I don't know. There's just, there's, there's a lot, you know? I mean, I don't know Jerry Seinfeld's Jewish connection. He might be super connected. Just because he's not wearing a talus and tefillin and, and walking around, you know, with a hat and doesn't mean he's not connected. No, That's no. That's all, you know. No, but but in terms of being, you know, one of the things that, that I love Seinfeld, I'm a huge Seinfeld of his own work and the show. Right. But every single time there was someone portraying someone Jewish on the show, they were either a nebuch. <laughs> do you, do, 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 did you watch Seinfeld? Do you remember the, the bris? I, yeah, I remember, yeah. You remember the first yeah. show and, you know, the rabbi is, is hitting on the, this and like, they, and, and, and the Jewish people in a lot of shows, not just Seinfeld are always seen as dating non-Jews. And there was almost this implication that like they're better looking, they're better this, they're better that. And I just, I just love when I see a positive, you know, person out there, whatever they do, it could be a lawyer, a doctor, a comedian, musician, and they're proud to be Jewish. And they don't give this kind of like, eh, you know, kind of fetchy, Woody Allen-ish. Right. You know, um, I, I think we have a little too much of that. Yeah, it's just, it's the easy laugh. It's the easy laugh, you know. But then you have the opposite. You have the Fauda and you see the Israelis that are all you know, finding spies and, and and the army and guns. And so you have, and they're Jews. Right. You right. Know, so. No, they're tough. And I, to me, I don't know how you, do you like that show? I, I, to be honest, I can't watch that show. And I have friends that are on that show. I have a, my very good friends. Really? I can't, I watch TV before I go to bed. That's the only time I watch it. That is not a good show to watch before you go to bed. So I, it's, you know, when I have the surround sound and they're all breaking in and the door <laughs> slamming and it's very, very hard. It's right. a very hard show to watch. So I, I, I told him and uh, he said to me that he himself doesn't watch the show. He gets the script. He reads it, does his scenes. He doesn't, you know, really? it's funny, but it's a super hard show to watch. But Americans love it. Love they it. think this is every Israeli and they're going to go and get the spies and get the... I, I can't say I need something super light. Disney has a thing on whales now. I've been watching that. It's really nice. Uh, you know, um, if you haven't seen Shit's Creek is the best show ever. You can never watch. Uh -huh. See that. Have you ever seen that? I've never seen it. No. Oh, Rabbi, I'm so jealous of you. You have that is the best show ever. I think it's on Netflix now. It's it's just a, oh, it just turns your brain off before you go to bed. It's an uh -huh. amazing show. Schitt's Creek. You love uh -huh. it. It's interesting. Um, it, well, you know, that, that's I, what I watch. I, what, I can't what, watch. Uh, what I what I do like about Fada, just going back to the other point, is that it's it, it is showing something proactively positive. I, I, I realize that's a lot of negativity in there, and there's there's violence, and there's yeah. I, but 
it is Jews standing up for something Jewish, the state of Israel. And I just think that that is, we're living in an age where unfortunately too many Jews who are out there, in my opinion, are just, again, not terribly proud. They don't seem to be very proud. And how can you be proud when you don't know very much? Knowledge is key. If, if, you know, if you know about your religion, then you will, you may still disagree with certain things internally, but you'll at least, you know, be armed with information and wisdom so that, and, and whatever, that's kind of one of our, uh, I don't want to do a whole commercial for MG here, but that's kind of one of our goals is to let people decide for themselves what you want to, how do you want to live your life Jewishly, but do it based on real information. Don't do it just based on couple of years of Hebrew school, bar bat mitzvah, and then you're graduated from your Judaism, which unfortunately is the the trajectory. Right. Um, no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you don't want to read any of these questions, do you? I mean, you want to read these questions? Let's no, see. we don't have to. Just Alan. Hold on. Let's see. Let's see. What else do we have here? Hold on. Uh, your hair is natural, not a wig. No, what is your what is your halachic position on men who go bald and wear a toupee? Is it is it? Uh, I don't know this is the question. Is. This is the question you chose of all the. No, questions. I, I mean these are the questions they sent me. I didn't even look at the questions. I mean, I could see that. I yeah. didn't even look at them because I was just hoping you and I would have a fun banter, and we were doing well until you brought the questions back up. Okay, well, I'll, I'll leave the questions. We'll go back to bantering. That's fine. Yeah. So. So if you if you had one thing to tell your your followers, yeah, uh, what's the best way to connect to being a better person through Judaism? What would you oh, tell them? Wow. Oh, there's your question. Would you rather go back to the toupee joke? No, no. Let's stay with. Let's stay. Oh, here. Let's is it a good one? It's a really good one. I mean, look, I'm going to give you a very trite answer. There are 613 ways, 248 positive, 365 negative. Yeah, but a few of those are how to kill a cow. So, yeah. right. so let's let's not even go there. So just, how would you tell them? Okay, you minus Manha- you have a guy in Manhattan who doesn't have a shefting knife and a and a and a sheep at home. So well, well how is a guy like that supposed to connect, honestly? I know. He's he's really got no chance. <laughs> <laughs> so um Shabbos. Shabbos. I'll tell you why. Too much. Too much. You no, 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 I'm not telling the, I'm, not, I'm not saying the whole thing, man. I'm right. not saying the whole thing. That's the beauty of Shabbat. Right. The beauty of Shabbat is it has something for everyone. It's not, a, and by the way, I'm not an all or nothing rabbi. I don't subscribe to the belief that either you keep the whole Torah or just forget it. Shabbos has, a, you know, you want to take on lighting candles, you want to sit down and have a meal, you want to come to service this Shabbat, you want to take a walk in the afternoon in honor of Shabbat. Shabbat, by the way, sociologically, and I'm sure you know this, it's the you know, it's the one mitzvah in American Jewry that has brought more Jews into Judaism. And it's the one mitzvah when Jews abandon Shabbat that they lose their Judaism. There's something about the Sabbath that is so. I, I guess I'm, uh, I'm mentioning this for practical reasons because Shabbos has been such a hook for so many of my students over the years. Start doing a little, you know. They say mitzvah goreret mitzvah. You do one mitzvah and it encourages you to do something else. So I would always share that. And, and there's also not just a communal coming out and being connected with your community, but Shabbos just shuts down this, and people are in desperate need for quiet, for meditation, for something that allows them to connect with something beyond themselves, and there's just too much noise, and I think if you can have a little Shabbos in your life, um, you can have some real spirituality in your life. It's very hard to be spiritual during the week when everything is open and accessible. And by the way, even Sundays, you can go to the mall on Sundays. You can do, you can drive yourself crazy just with recreational activities. They don't, they don't calm the mind. They don't right. give, they don't give us that pause, you know, to be able to really think about life and to be connected with something, as I say, beyond ourselves. So, I think Shabbos has got something for everyone, uh, both on the communal level, being connected, um, and you're invited. I know you're all the way downtown, but anytime you venture uptown. MG's got great Friday night Shabbat services and, and Minyan on Shabbat morning as well. Um, but also on the individual level. I'll tell you one quick story. Benjamin Netanyahu, I'm sure you've heard of him. Yeah. He was once asked, years ago, I watched this interview with Larry King. And Larry asked him, he says, you know, it's such a tense country, Israel, and you're the prime minister of this country. Is, is there any time during the week 
when you get to actually just relax? And if you do, how do you do that? And he leaned forward and he said, Larry, we, you know, because Larry King was Jewish. He says, we have this thing called Shabbat. And on Shabbat, no matter what's going on in the country, I have a son, son at the time was 15, and we study Tanakh every Shabbat. His son actually was like a contestant for the Chidon HaTanakh, very smart. And, um, And he says, during that 45 minutes hour that I sit with my son and we study the Bible on Saturdays, he says, there's nothing, I, I just, I feel relaxed. I feel disconnected from all the issues and I'm just connected with something greater. I just thought that was very powerful. It is, it's, yeah, that's great that you see that everybody has their own Shabbat. Somebody was telling me uh, at a show that I, it was a show with Jewish singers or something I was doing and they said to me that their entire Shabbat, they take, uh, they'll sit in their living room and they'll tell the Alexa or Siri to play Avram Fried songs. <laughs> and for a few minutes, he sits there and listens to Avram Fried songs on Francia. And that's his Shabbat. <laughs> and I'm not one to, I can't judge him. Right. I'm not, I can't right. judge him. That's his Shabbat. He sits there, he he sings the songs out loud, and then he does whatever he does. Right. And it's, right. um, I remembered, I remember when you used to buy, back in the day when there were CDs and, um, CDs and tapes, it would always say, uh, don't play this. I'm don't sure. play on Shabbat. <laughs> I remember, but I guess Siri can play it. I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 Siri has a special uh, rabbinic. Siri has a header. Has a header. That was his Shabbat, and he connects to it, and he says, I look forward to it. I have my coffee. I sit in the living room. I just feel uh, disconnecting from technology is key on Shabbat, and um, it's actually made Shabbos easier for me to sell. You know, yeah. during now, no, during, sure. dur- dur- because it's like I don't even. There are companies that charge lots of money to go on these retreats and seminars, where you have to deposit your phone into some black box, and they charge you a lot of money for this great, brilliant advice that we've been dispensing for thousands of years. Right. Just, just shut. Now it's hard. I have to say, COVID was very tricky for my chevra, for my constituency. Their twenties and thirties. A lot of them are stuck in their two by four apartments in the city, and. uh here I'm trying to inspire them to close down technology. And closing down technology for those few months was basically shutting off their contact with the outside world. It was very, very difficult. Um, and it was one of the first times that we actually had rabbis on the MG's staff that were carrying their phones on Shabbos because we had students who were depressed, who were really down and out. And I told certain people, call me. If you're really feeling like this on Shabbos, you know, because or someone else that they feel comfortable enough to to to, to speak with when they're in that state, and right. um, it's difficult because you know technology is so powerful, it's so useful, but it carries with it. I'll be perfectly honest. Um, I get sucked into. I'm a lot Facebook, Instagram, and I get very sucked into. When I'm when I'm looking at my own stuff and then I see someone else's stuff and like it's it's one tooth in the morning and I'm just like my wife is like turning over she's like been sleeping for three hours already and she's like what are you doing I'm like I started out on MGE and I don't know where I am right now yeah you know and it's a rabbit hole <clears throat> thank God I don't I don't have the attention span for it <laughs> I I I, I, you're I don't bless you're you're blessed it's a it's a blessing that I don't really um, I have my stuff. I have whoever helps me with everything and that that's the blessing uh, uh, of everything and, you know, the production of it. And um, I don't really care what people are doing. I know it's important to keep an eye on what other people are doing, but I don't dig into it. <clears throat> Thank God. Thank God. It's a blessing. Well, you know, they, they, the producers, the people who create these apps and, you know, there's, this has all been thought out. You know, this is all, yeah, yeah. and and I don't know if you know the. I put this in my book. The University of Michigan um, conducted a very important study years ago that increased increased Facebook uh, use can lead uh, is is a, is correlated positively correlated with uh, with bouts of depression. Um, yeah. you spend so much time watching other. No matter how good you do right. as, a, as a comedian, you'll see. Someone else, no matter how good as I do as a rap, it's not going right. to matter. There's going to be someone else who did some other cool right. post, and like, why didn't I do that? And just, yeah.
Yeah, so I avoid that completely. <laughs> now you're lucky. Yeah. I'm trying yeah. to I'm trying to train train my kids. I was away with my kids um winter vacation and my daughter wanted to post something on her Instagram and I said, you know what, we're blessed. We went to Florida, took out a boat for the day. It was great. So much fun. And I said, you know what? I'm just sweetheart, don't she's 16. I was like, don't post it. You're gonna have one friend whose family couldn't get to Florida. You know, or they're in Florida, but they couldn't take out a boat. I don't know. Someone did me a favor, gave me the boat for the day. It was very kind. And um and she's going to be like, it's just not worth it, you know? And because for kids, it uh, it has a whole other meaning to it. Yeah. It's, very I, I can't even imagine having kids with that right now. It's just uh, the whole, well, I mean, COVID in general basically let people know that we've all had way too many children. When you're stuck <laughs> at home with them, it was like, this is, we definitely had one too many. <laughs> we could have done without this one. And it's been cool. Well, what do you? Right, and it's just too late at that point. You're saying at that point, it's too late, and you have to deal with them. Yeah, and you, and all their and all the stuff that they have to. Uh, it's insane. I can't even imagine. <laughs> I mean, if I can't imagine being that age and having all that available on my phone, I, I wouldn't be in the classroom. I, I don't right. know. I, w- I don't know what I would do. It would just. And the parents don't even know what the kids are doing. That you, they have no idea what TikTok is. They have no idea what they. They know Facebook. They know Instagram. But then there's so many other right layers. Yeah, layers later on that the parents don't even know about. You know the TikTok accounts and and what they're doing on that is just wow. You better make sure you've had a conversation with your kids because that's just crazy. Yeah, parents. Uh, I mean. A hundred percent. You're going to have to invade the privacy of your own children if you actually care about what they are exposed to at a very young age. There's no way around it. You can have all the conversations you want with your children. But, um, you know, one thing leads to the next positively and negatively. And you just start with one thing and all of a sudden your kids are exposed to. And you can't get those images out. It's not so simple. No. It's not so simple. I, I don't, you know, I'm not a big believer in democracy when it comes to raising kids. And I mean, I mean, being a blue of a big talker, I'm a mushball with my kids, but uh, my wife is a little more the disciplinarian, but um, you have to, or else you're just, you're, you're allowing your kids to be exposed to, to th- it's just, it, it's, it's not cool. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, let's, let's end on something positive. Yes. Shall we? Is there one other question here that, that speaks to you? What are the questions? Oh, I'll go back to those amazing questions. Follow I mean, I didn't write these questions. I, I'm following a script. Like I, you know, I, I'm listen. I listen to orders. Let's see. Has it been without a community COVID? Uh, the 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 it was some of, oh, he even oh. made he even made uh, jokes for you, our friend. I know. Poor he wrote thing. jokes for you. They were pretty. good. He's so sweet. He's such a sweet guy. I don't know what, uh, but yeah, I don't really have any gone bad. Um, I no, the, your marriages, your marriage. I'm telling you, during the Corona, during Corona, um, people really with the with the matchmaking was um, was insane. Uh, a month in, I get a phone call from the Syrian community. Some guy says uh, our kids aren't, and you know they date and get married really early, mm-hmm. like 18, 20, 21. They're they're not playing around in the Syrian community, and they made this app called Date C, Date S Y. And this guy asked me to do an ad for it. And they were, um, so the, when, when there was a real lockdown, nobody was going out. You couldn't, it got the kids on FaceTime to each other just they can start their dating and, you know, and then meet and, and marriages came out of it. Um, That's great. That's awesome. It was amazing how the, the Jewish world just pivoted. You know, we right. figured out a way to. Um, love that. It, I love that. It was just, um, so um, I guess the marriage is a big thing by you guys. Marriage is huge. Marriages. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. That's definitely a good thing. I was and, huge. Uh, yeah. I mean, we. I was encouraging people to, a lot of people were reticent, like how long can you Zoom for on a date? But the truth is the Zoom dating could start something, I said, and then when the numbers go down and you can see each other in person, then you'll do that. But don't just let the time go. There were too many right. people just like saying, well, I can't do anything. I love that. I never heard of that Syrian idea. That's great. Yeah, there's a million different things that people did uh, to keep the dating going. They weren't, and then the, and obviously, as you know, the Orthodox Jewish community went into phase 
200 right away and they uh the marriages were going and they didn't give a damn and uh you know so it was fun it was a good thing i can't believe it's been a year i really can't believe it's been uh 14 months man 14 months since this thing this crazy insane. thing started and it's but it's it, it, it it's leaving as fast as it came yeah it's, it's going now it's it's amazing you find in New York also, because I know Florida is on a different trajectory. COVID's over in Florida. But in New York, you find also just in terms of your own uh, performances that, that things are coming back to normal. Yeah. Like tonight I have a private event in a restaurant for uh, this big uh, this big guy. Mm-hmm. And um, Can you tell us what time and where? No. <laughs> And no, and um, and I have I'm still doing that, that on Thursday that show on Rush Chicks at 9 p.m. Uh, mm-hmm. New York time. Eastern, 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 we call it Eastern Standard Time. Eastern Standard Time, yeah. Um, and so, but you know, I'm I'm at Stand Up New York. I'm at the Comedy Cellar. The people are so excited to be there. The comics yeah. are so excited to be there. There's like another energy. It's almost like a, it was a re, it was a reset. A reset of um, of appreciation. Now you used to just go to the comedy cell, do a spot. And now you have this different appreciation for it. Hundred percent. And so that's what's um, that's wonderful. Yeah, that's wonderful. We have it at the Minion. Thank God on Shabbos. I saw I'm it sure, last, yeah. last Shabbat for the first for the first time. We started the numbers really started going up for the first time Friday night and Shabbat day. So I hope uh, it should. We should just go mechayel chayel, as they say, Amen. from strength to strength. And Modi, you should continue. To make people happy, you should um, earn your share in the world to come. I'll reference that. And just by, you know, the world needs a lot of joy and love and happiness. So just keep keep making people smile and keep being the proud Jew you are. That's very, very it's important to me. It's important to a lot of people. We don't always see that out there. Thank you. It's important to me. Great talking to you, Rabbi. All the it's best. It's an honor and a pleasure. Thank you for coming on. Have a great day. You too. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode of The Wilds Cast. Subscribe to our show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app. If you haven't already, please leave us a review in the Apple Podcast Store. It only takes a minute, and when you do it, it helps others discover the show. Music from today's episode comes courtesy of Yosef Wilds. For more information about the Manhattan Jewish Experience, please visit our website at jewishexperience.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks again for joining us.